Destiny U, a place where we restore hope, ignite passions, make dreams a reality, and help you to unlock your future. Welcome to Destiny U with your host, Rich Darnell. Hello, world. I'm your host, Rich Darnell, and welcome to Destiny U, a place where we make your dreams come true. Did you know that you were created to be great? That whatever you're doing right now is a very great and powerful thing when empowered with truth. See, I want you to know today that you're not waiting for your next break or open door or miracle to become great, to do great things. That right now, right where you're at, what you're doing right in this moment is a great thing when you're empowered with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That the power of God's love is already available to you right now to help empower you to change your world. On today's show, we'll be talking about how you can take what looks like broken pieces and use these pieces to make a masterpiece. See, I often wondered if we were to talk with some of the great leaders, the artists and scientists that changed you know, history how they actually did use broken pieces, the things that looked thrown away in their own lives to help change history. And I bet you if we were to talk to many of them, that they would let you know that they had no idea that the broken piece they used would have such an impact on changing the world today. So I want you to know that whatever you're going through, wherever you are right now, whatever you're facing, it's not the end. It's only the beginning to you seeing greatness released in your life. Before we get into today's show, let's give uh, you know Dr. Rhoda Beard and Blaine Irving, the crew at Worship Center Radio, a great big God thank you. See, these people are doing great things. They're using the internet radio and the technology that God has graced them to send the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of hope, into the world. See, you can hear my show every Monday and Thursday at 4 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, plus so many other great speakers, anointed vessels of God, by just going to worshipradiocenter.net. See, that's, like I said again, worshipradiocenter.net. You can also access me there by, you know, worshipcenterradio.net slash destinyu or by going to my website at richdarnell.co. You know, also on my website, I have a free gift called Wealth of the Kingdom. It's my CD where we have 17 different people speaking on biblical wealth and concepts of biblical wealth, either exhorting, praying, prophesying, using different biblical characters. Just by signing up to receive my weekly blog updates, you can receive this downloadable CD for free. So please go to richdarnell.co and, and get this free resource that will empower your life. So I want to talk about Humpty Dumpty. You know, I don't know if you know of Humpty Dumpty. It's a very familiar nursery rhyme when I was a child. It was, you know, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, you know. And in it, and all the king's men and, and, it was, and all the king's horses couldn't even fix them again, Right. I messed it up a little bit, but that's all right. You get the gist of the story. You know, Humpty Dumpty 
was sitting upon a wall, sitting upon a high place, sitting somewhere one day when something happened and he fell and his life was shattered. And the nursery rhyme says, none of the king's horses or none of the king's men could put him back together again. See, I don't know, but that speaks to me about my life. You know, so many times we have tragedy and trauma and events come in our life that seem to knock us down and and, uh, and feels like it's going to destroy us, whatever future, whatever hope we had. And the reality is that we can go through counseling, doctors, lawyers. You can go to educators, you know. There's some events in life, no matter what people, the kings, the leaders, the horses, the resources in this earth, they just don't have the solution. See, sometimes our hope cannot be in man. There's only so much that man can do and, and we find ourselves in these places to where sometimes we become prisoners of the very thing that came in our life, taking away our future, seems to be, right? So I don't know what you're facing today, but I want you to know there's hope. Even when other people make bad choices, you know, some things happen in life. People, they murder people, they, they rape people, they, 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 they steal their money. See, sometimes things can come into your life, wars happen, events that you did not plan that other people seem to impose their will upon you. And it all of a sudden feels like it steals the very life, your future and hope away. But that's not true. I got good news for you. That though bad things happened, even to good people, we don't understand why. God has a plan. He has a plan for taking everything that the enemy, Satan, meant for evil and turning to good. And only God can do that. And he can do that through Jesus Christ. It's possible. I want you to know that you have hope today. So I don't know, like I said, what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But the good news is that God has a plan. See, I want to share with you a familiar Bible story. It's about a child named Mephizabeth. See, Mephizabeth was like Humpty Dumpty, you know. One day some events happened to him that he did not foresee, that he could not, didn't even choose. His Actually, his grandfather made some choices that set a series of events up that not only cost his grandfather's life, but his father's life. And... Both his grandfather's father one day just suddenly died in a battle. And the news gets back, and Mephesbeth was just uh, five years old. But think about this. Mephesbeth was destined to be a king in the eyes of man. He was heir to the throne of Israel, a great future, being groomed to be the leader, had all the resources and, and everything available, the servants and the riches of the palace available to him to achieve life. Nothing He lacked nothing, lacked nothing. His, his future was endless with the ability to use the resources at his disposable to accomplish whatever his dream was. But suddenly... He finds himself fatherless, grandfather's out of family. And in this place of receiving this news, the people taking care of him dropped him. There was an accident, and his feet became so broken that he became lame. He was crippled for the rest of his life, and he went into hiding. See, think, I want you to think, because in those days when you were heir to the throne and somebody else was taking the throne or called to take the throne, normally they would kill every other heir that used to have a right because of the wars. They just wanted to eliminate 
any uh, possibility of any division, any uh, strife, anything. So the way they did, they just killed the, the competition, so to speak, right? And so this is what I think Mephesbeth thought, that his life was over. Now he had to run from hiding from the next heir of the throne, David, because that was the pattern of their times. See, and, and in this place, Mephesbeth was only five years old when he became lame. Just five, and suddenly, like I said, he's orphaned, crippled, and exiled. See, I don't know about you, but that story is simple, but it, it really speaks to me personally. You know, it, when I was about five years old, my parents separated for the first time. My mom and dad split up. I wound up being my mom, and eventually they divorced. All I remember in my formative years is just a lot of strife and confusion and chaos. You know, I mean, it seemed like everything was going well. I remember Christmases and holidays and being at home with my mom and my dad taking me out to do stuff and seemed to have a, what's a normal life, I guess. And suddenly my world was turned upside down. And I was torn. And I even remember thinking over and over, and I how I thought something was wrong with me like I might have caused it that my parents didn't want me that the reason why they didn't want to be together was because of my fault those thoughts began to come to me and begin to be seeds in my heart unspoken seeds that begin to shape and cripple my future I can look back now and even begin to see how this moment in time began to set a course of action for choices that I would make that would always seem to lead me off course you know, I wasn't feeling safe anymore, you know, and and, 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 and and though we were not a wealthy family, it seemed like I didn't lack anything. I always had, you know, whatever it was, the food and, and the clothing and the basic necessities of life, the toys. I, I had, you know, a good life, and suddenly everything was tight and dark and confusing. My parents didn't get along. You know, I was torn between two people, and my loyalty was torn, loving both my mother and my father. My heart was torn. See, like Mephesbeth, something came my life as a child to try to derail me from my destiny. And like him, I, I want you to realize I felt like God showed me that one of the revelations of Mephesbeth was he suddenly was fatherless. He was an orphan without a father, without an identity. There's just something about a, a, the father the male that God has set that sets the identity of the child. The mother nurtures. The mother, you know, God's grace can, can step in in many ways, but there's that nurturing, the comforting, the counsel of the mother. But there's something that God's wired in every individual to that need for that male role model, that father figure, and that mother. You need them both to have a healthy heart, you know, uh, to have a healthy environment to bring forth your destiny but you know god if you don't have that never have that i have good news that through jesus christ he can heal and restore what was broken and bring things into alignment supernaturally he can heal the brokenhearted you know and the seeds of abandonment rejection begin to come in my life and begin to imprint on my mind subconsciously and begin to wire i can look back and see that now also, because there's so much strife between my father and my mother, you know, it was just always just chaos, as I said, and just so much war and just no peace, you know, and, and always wanting to be with both of them. And when I was with one, they were trying to pull me to the other. It's just, it was a mess. 
And it really seemed to just cripple me, as I said. You know, and like I said, all this was just lies. It was Satan weaving his lies, his plans, his thoughts into my subconscious, you know. Satan's plan was to steal my hope, to kill my dreams, to destroy my life. See, Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill any hope of the future so he can take away your dream. He wants to steal your hope so he can kill your dream so that he can then destroy your life. See, when I was there at that age, my family wasn't following Christ. You know, I saw no faith or uh, in Christ's model by my father or my mother. You know, I thank God that my father has come to Christ. He's with the Lord now. He's, he's in heaven with the Lord. My mother is alive and well, and she knows the Lord. So God has been redeeming and restoring the relationships. But my, in the formative years, there was no pattern of how to walk out a relationship and a healthy relationship with each other or with the Lord or him being, you know, him being the, the head of our home. So because of that, hurts and fears began to set a pattern of in my life that caused me to make bad choices. And over time, I would make more bad choices. But then there would come this place where I would begin to make a determination within myself that I would not go back, that I would make these changes in my life, whether it would, and you know, join the military, and so many different things in my life that I would try to do, and I would have a measure of success. And I would get right to this place of what we might call breakthrough or promotion or, or seeming like I finally got over the hump only to have some trauma or tragedy come again once into my life and seem to steal my hope and it seemed like I could never get a good break no matter how hard I tried. And then I would just go into hopelessness and depression and begin to make more bad choices based on the events that happened. I always seemed like I was a victim and not a conqueror. You know, I'm just talking about my life. So many other people are able to, you hear stories of so many people's lives, how they make choices different ways. But what I begin to see was like a circle of a pattern of bad things happening in my life. You know, and, and, and you know, and I don't know if you see a pattern, maybe a sickness in your life or your family's life, divorce, financial chaos, meaning maybe you get money and you're able to get financially ahead and something happens like a, a major car accident or a house issue or something that causes you to lose the financial prosperity you're gaining. See, these are curses. See, a curse comes into your bloodline and just like Melchizedek, Melchizedek did, you know, his grandfather made a choice. See, sometimes a curse can come into your bloodline by the choices of your father. The Bible says by the iniquities of the father are passed down to the third and fourth generation so that she'll visit, so to speak, the children. What does it mean to visit? It means it comes knocking on the door. The opportunity to make bad choices comes knocking on your door because of our parents or our father's bad choices. See, Saul was Mephizedek's grandfather, and he chose to dishonor God. And it began to set a pattern, I believe, in the bloodline of Saul's bloodline. And that's what the crippled feet, when Mephizedek's feet were crippled, when he was dropped at a young age, that meant his walk, his ability to walk straight, his ability to function normally 
was hindered, and that can be spiritually too. Maybe your walk is, like I said, hindered spiritually. Things just keep derailing you and moving you off course, and you don't know why. That could be an indicator of a curse in your life. But I want to have you know that there's good news, that you don't have to feel helpless and hopeless, that Jesus Christ, by his blood, broke every power of the curse. And every power of hell that has the right to attack you with a curse is broke by the blood of Jesus. See, when, remember when I said that Satan tries to bring things into your life to imprint upon your subconscious, what I will call triggers, something that makes you happen to choose a certain way or to make certain choices or to certain events that happen in your life. You always seem to be stuck in this pattern, Right? And whether it's, you know, drugs or, or, or anger or sex, pornography, uh, I don't know what it is, but, you know, you get to a certain place in your life and everything is frustrated and stressed and you just make this bad choice. See, religion will condemn you and tell you you have a choice, which is true. But even when you want to choose what's right, you seem to choose what's wrong. Paul said that. That which I want to do, I can't do, you know. It's the power of sin. But Jesus' blood breaks the power of sin. It can cleanse your bloodline. See, I used to go through this process, you know, where I would be going. And I'm talking as a born-again believer, and I get to a certain place, and and, and, and it seems like I just make bad choices or something would happen in my life and I would get frustrated and, and angrier and, 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 and it just I just didn't understand it. Why am I not getting victory in my life in this situation? And then one day the Lord showed me, you know, he, he showed me how when I was a child, you know, through the trauma and tragedy of my, my childhood, that my dad was not always there in my life. But anytime I made a mistake... He would show up. He seemed to, whenever I needed to be disciplined for doing something wrong, my dad would always have to show up and discipline me. So he might not always show up when I did things good, but he always showed up when I did things bad. And somehow that got subconsciously imprinted on my, my, my soul to where if I could not get my father's attention by doing good, I knew I could get it by doing bad. And so in these times and these events, and I remember specifically one event to where so many people were telling me to, that I needed to make certain choices to improve my life and to do some stuff and to build a business and to do it this certain way. And it was not unbiblical, it was not wrong, but I just knew that God was telling me not to do it that way, to be still, not to, 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 to go forward right now, to wait on him. And I didn't understand it. I, I had no finances. I was out of finances. I had products. I had solutions that I could sell and bring income in. And I had all these successful entrepreneurs telling me and coaching me on what to do. But yet the father was saying, don't move. But he wouldn't tell me why. And it got quiet. And still, and I spent weeks just crying out to God, weeks praying, weeks just sitting there. I remember one time I sat in my prayer chair, I called it all night, waiting for God to show up because I was not going, I was going to fast and pray until I got my answer, right? You know, sometimes you can fast and pray and you're not going to hear anything because it's not God's will for it. And as I'm doing this, as I'm moving through this, I begin to realize that 
God showed me there was a pattern in my life been printed upon my soul by sin that I would begin to do things to get God's attention because I assumed he would show up and at least discipline me, punish me, right? At least I had his attention that way. But that's not the love of the Father. See, he saw beyond my hurt. He saw my heart to be free. He saw my motive was relationship with him. He saw my desire was to please him. I just did not know how because I did not have the knowledge that I have now. And in that place and in that time, he began to reveal to me his love and his acceptance for me in such a unique and beautiful way that I was like, wow. It began to instill a security in me that I could trust my daddy God, that he was for me and not against me. That he understood me in a way that I didn't even understand myself. That he, he was not going to leave or forsake me, just like the scripture says. But see, it wasn't just because I read the word, I began to experience the word. I began to experience his love. See, one of the scriptures says, you know, that we would know the love that surpasses knowledge. See, this is what it means to know means to be intimate, to encounter, to experience God's love. Not just for somebody to tell me about it, for me to know it myself. But even in that time, even in that moment, this was probably, what, seven, eight years ago, I still wrestled and warred with insecurities. And I really began to realize it's almost like Abraham. You know, we want to have solutions and answers to tell people while we're doing stuff, but God told Abraham, go to where I will show you. This, this is a word for somebody. God is saying, go, then I will show you where you're going. But we want to understand and be able to tell people, you know, and to have affirmation of people. And we need affirmation of people. Don't say we don't, but we need the affirmation of God above people. And there's a balance in that, in relationship with God and man. And, and in this place where God's telling you to go, then he will show you, you if you, you, you know that he loves you and you know he has a plan, then you can trust his plan. You're not worried about what people think. Because it's not a pre-written plan. Sometimes you got to let go of your plan and what you think and your business idea and how you're going to make it happen to trust God that he has a plan for your life and his plan will work. And in this place of just wrestling, as I said, and and finally understanding that there's a security and love and understanding I was making bad choices based upon this pattern. It's, it took a while for God to restore and heal my soul. This is imprinted upon my soul. Remember, the soul is your will, intellect, and, and emotions. And you can never heal the soul by the soul. And I'm probably going to close right now. We'll go into part two of this next week on Mephezabeth. But I just want to begin to pray with you as we're going to get more into next week about the blood, how to use the blood to forgive and to cleanse. But I know that the Holy Spirit is here right now. I know that you don't have to have the fullness of the answer other than to trust him, to know he has a path before you. He's telling you to let go and trust me. Maybe some of you were hurt like I was hurt as a child. Maybe you were molested. 
Maybe your parents went through a divorce. Maybe you went through some sort of sickness or, 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 or betrayal as a child by an adult. And you've had a hard time trusting God because of what man did to you. Well, I'm going to pray right now. Maybe your fathers or somebody made choices that they, 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 they did things and they were womanizers and you're finding yourself addicted to women or men. You know, for women, you know, all these patterns that can be in our life that we don't know. Well, I'm going to pray for you right now. And it says, the anointing destroys the yoke. And I, I know Holy Spirit is here right now. His power is here right now to destroy every yoke that's held you captive. So, Father God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that destroys every yoke, every chain, every form of oppression and depression. We rebuke every satanic attack against your people right now. Father God, forgive us and cleanse us of all iniquities of our forefathers that opened up the door of perversion, Father God, all of the dishonoring of you, the dishonoring of our parents that would cause any form of dishonor to go down the road. I thank you that right now that you're cleansing and healing our bloodline from that. Right now, thank you, Father God, that somebody's being healed from fibromyalgia, diverticulitis. Father God, Crohn's disease is being healed right now. Goiters are being healed right now. Tumors are disappearing at the sound of my voice in Jesus' name right now. I thank you for what you're doing in your people's life is freedom is being released in a new power that you're restoring people's soul. You're healing the iniquitous patterns in their life by the blood of Jesus and your grace as we come before the throne of grace right now by his blood to receive mercy. I loose the power of your mercy and your angels to hearken unto my voice to minister your people. Let it be like the wind that blows the smoke. Let it be like the fire that melts the candle. Let it be according to your will as it is in heaven on earth and the people underneath the sound of my voice right now, let heaven invade earth, God. Let them feel your glory. Let them feel your love. Let them experience the power of who you are. I pray this in Jesus' name. God bless you. If this prayer touched you or you need prayer, need, need to reach out, feel free to reach out to me at rich at richdarnell.co go to my website richdarnell.co and click on contact us I'd be glad to pray for you and to help you and to, to share with you whatever God would give me for you if you would love to partner with us to help us for those that might right now want to partner with us Remember, you can go to richdarnell.co, click on donate, or even worshipcenterradio.net slash destinyu and sponsor. We could use your help. But be encouraged. I want you to be blessed. Know that your destiny is before you, that Jesus is there right now to help you walk through this. He ever liveth to make intercession, that you're not hopeless and helpless, 
that you're not by yourself, that you're not alone. Maybe you're in a foreign nation. Maybe you're, you were in a Muslim or, or some other religion that you're isolated, a Hindu right now, that you can't really come forward in all the ways or you don't know what to do. I'm telling you, the Father's with you right now, and he's going to show you how to stand in your faith. You are not going to be left alone. You're not going to be like Mephesavit. You will be made whole. So be encouraged, be blessed, be empowered with the goodness of the Father's love. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You have been listening to Destiny You with Rich Darnell, a place where we make dreams become a reality. For more resources by Rich, please go to www.richdarnell.co. Be blessed, be empowered, be you, Destiny.